The whole world is in his hands. Yes, the whole world is in God's hands. I sang that song with the children this morning because it comes from our scripture lesson this morning on this Christ the King Sunday. Psalm 95, verses 1 through 7. I invite you to read along with the pew Bibles in front of you if you would like. Let's listen for God's word to us this morning. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also his. The sea is God's, for he made it. And the dry land in which God's hands have formed, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray for the one who preaches, for his sins are many? Let's pray. Holy and merciful God, may something of what I say and do, or at least something seen and heard of me today from this pulpit, not be of me. May it not be of us in this room. May it be of you. May it be of you and your promises of the things you have done for us and the things you would have us do for you in our lives and in this which is your world, O Christ our King. In your holy name we ask this. Amen. Not too long ago, I heard a story from a preacher friend of mine. Uh, She told the story about a veteran U.S. customs officer who had spent the last years of his very long career supervising a single checkpoint along the border. So one day, while he's supervising the checkpoint, a, a man comes through driving a truck. And immediately, the custom officer just knew something was off. He could tell. After 30 years on the job, his instincts, he, he, had a, he had a sense for these kinds of things. So he asked the driver of the truck to pull over and to step down out of the cab. And he had his agents give the driver a, a pat down, and they searched the truck high and low. They couldn't find anything. And so after about 10 or 15 minutes or so, uh, they handed the keys back to the driver, and they told him he was free to go on his way. And, and so the man left with a, with a smirk on his face. He climbed back in the truck, and he drove off across the border. The customs officer, though, was left kicking himself. He just knew that there was something that he must have missed. He just couldn't figure out what it was. So lo and behold, a few days later, A familiar face shows up again at the border crossing. Same driver, this time driving a different truck. As soon as the officer saw him, he knew that he had a second chance, a chance at redemption. He was going to get the guy this time. So so he ordered, again, that he, he, he pull aside for another search. And his agent searched the truck high and low. But once again, they couldn't find anything, no matter how hard they looked. So once again, he let the driver go on his way across the border. The officer was still sure that there was something that he was missing. For the next few days, 
The officer found his mind wandering back to the search over and over again. Did we check the engine? Did we look under the chassis? Could there have been some kind of secret compartment under a seat somewhere that he missed? Some kind of clever visual trick? After 30 years of working on the border, this officer knew to trust his instincts. But he had never been stumped like this. And so you can believe that the officer's heart began to race when a few days later, the same man came through the truck stop again, this time driving a different truck. And this time, the officer was ready. He personally searched the truck, high and low. For hours and hours this time he searched, but his search produced nothing. And so defeated, he let the man go on his way one more time. The next time the driver came through the checkpoint, the officer didn't even bother to stop him. He just waved him on. Let him go on his way right across the border. There was no point. And from then on, every few days, like clockwork, that driver would show back up again, driving a different truck, and the officer would just wave him on, consumed with resignation. This continued for another two years until finally the day came when it was time for the custom officer to retire. And on his very last day of the job, the driver came through the trek point in a truck again, just as he always had. And so this time, the officer leaned in on the window of his long-established foe, and he said, Look, today is my last day on the job, and the only thing that's on my mind is what you are smuggling. I know there's something. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to turn you in. I just need to know what's going on here so that I don't spend the rest of my days in retirement trying to figure out what it was. To which the driver nodded and he said, sure, I'll tell you. I've been smuggling trucks. Because <laughs> it's easy to miss the most obvious thing. It's easy to miss the most obvious thing. Uh, there comes a time in every person's life where one finds themselves asking the question, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Usually this question arises at a moment when the world and its uncertainty proves overwhelming. So the doctor comes back into the room and says, you know, I think we need to order a biopsy and maybe a PET scan. And as soon as the doctor leaves the room, you turn to your loved one, your spouse, and you say, what am I going to do? So you click open the tab on your computer for your bank account, and the funds are a bit lower than you expected. A lot lower, actually, than you expected, though no one would know it by the way you live your life, by the way you show yourself out in the world. What am I going to do? You mumble to yourself under your breath. The phone rings in the middle of the night. It's your daughter. It's your brother. They're in trouble. Things have gotten out of hand the night before. What am I going to do? They ask you in a quivering voice. Sometimes this question arises quickly and without warning, like the winds of a summer storm that suddenly blow you off course and destroy all of your plans and leave you no time to think. What am I going to do now? Now you have to think. Sometimes the confusion stirs with slow agony. 
You can see trouble brewing way off in the distance on the horizon. You got time to prepare. And so you think through every last contingency, every scenario, and yet no matter how hard you think and no matter how hard you worry, there doesn't seem to be some kind of clear, much less safe passage forward that is showing itself. What am I going to do? You ask. None of this is new because the human world has always faced uncertainty. For as long as there have been people, people have built lives for themselves and they have built systems and plans to try to manage and maintain the lives that they build. It's security, it's comfort. And then they only go on to find, as long as people have been around, people have been finding that their lives fall apart in the face of uncontrollable crises like disease or famine or violence and conflict and fear. That's not new. But it does seem to me that a mark of modern life is this complex irony. On the one hand, we modern human beings possess more power to chart our own path through life than any generation that has ever lived on this planet ever before. We have greater knowledge about the world than our ancestors could have ever imagined. We have developed technologies that allow us to heal, to persevere, to feed, to grow. After centuries of progress, our human hands have grown to hold more of the world than we have ever been able to hold before. And yet, instead of feeling more secure and certain about how we move forward in life, I think we feel less secure and less certain than ever before. We are bombarded by choice after choice in life. We are faced with injustice after injustice. We are hit by the news of tragedy after tragedy, concern after concern, until life itself turns into this constant question over and over and over again. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What am I going to do? What am I supposed to do? What are we going to do? to do we are always being asked we are always asking ourselves and the weight of the world grows heavier in our human hands and we search high and low hoping to find some kind of answer that'll give us some kind of relief some way to stop kicking ourselves something that we might have missed could there be something that we are missing What is it? Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord, says Psalm 95. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. For the Lord is a great God, a great King above all gods. For the heights of the mountains to the depths of the earth are all in God's hand. He's got the whole world in his hands. It is the most obvious thing. It's the thing that we have been singing since we were children. Christ is our Lord. God has the whole world 
holding the whole world in God's hands. This, I think, is the heart of the paradox of contemporary life. To live in the world as a modern person is to have the weight of the world placed in your hands. That's what it means to be a modern human being. We are made to hold more of the world than we've ever had to hold before. It is on us to change the world. There's no one else. It's just us. To make justice, we have to step up. To say anything else feels like you are shirking your responsibilities. It makes you feel like you've dropped the ball. And if we drop the ball, in this case, we're dropping the world. And on the surface of it, this feels like a means for motivation, right? After all, if you want to see the world mended, you first have to take seriously the depth of the world's brokenness. But that kind of motivation only takes you so far. Trying to carry the weight of the world in your hands is also a recipe for resignation. To just give up. What's the point? You can't possibly carry it all. This then is what the Christian witness offers this paradox of contemporary life. As Christians, what we do, what we get to do is we remind ourselves over and over again, we point out over and over again the most obvious thing. Something that lies right before our eyes, day after day, but yet in the particularities of modern life, it becomes so easy to overlook, so easy to miss, even though it's right there in front of us. And what that is, is the good news that this world is not our own, that this world belongs to God. On the one hand, if, if, if the world belongs to God, this means that there is always motivation to get up. And pick up the broken pieces of the world to confront the world's brokenness. Because if something belongs to God, then it must be cherished. If the world belongs to God, we must cherish it. But on the other hand, if the world belongs to God, we need not ever resign ourselves to the uncertainty of the way forward. Because if something belongs to God, we can trust that God will see it through. Until the very end. So what this means is when the moment arises in your life or in the lives of those you love or in the life of this very world where the question must be asked, what am I going to do? What are we going to do? There is another question. There's another question you have the option of asking first. Should you have the faith to ask it? And the question is, what is God going to do? What is God already doing? What has God already done for this world? And in the immediate, the particulars of the answer to this question will not always be clear. You're not always going to be able to see it. But in the ultimate, the answers to these questions will always remind us that the full weight of the world is never ours to carry. In fact, not even the full weight of our own lives is ever ours to carry. For the heights of the mountains to the depths 
of the earth are in God's hands. So friends, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. For the Lord is a great God, a great King above all gods. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we ask this. Amen.